Hello and welcome to another episode of Amy Talks. If you are a fan of country or indie music, then you're going to love this episode as we have Luann Hunt, an indie recording artist and someone who has had a number one hit um, to talk about being uh, an indie artist and why the industry is so hard to get into. again you may not have heard from me for a while and I'm very sorry about that but um, I recently went on holiday to Florida which was very enjoyable indeed. Um, in terms of good news stories um, I have a story here about a grocery store in the Netherlands that have un- unveiled the um, world's first plastic free aisle so everyone's seen well I presume you've seen um, Blue Planet and uh, it's all about um, plastic bags and how they're bad for uh, animals and um, how they harm, you know, they do more harm than good um, and the project was orchestrated by an environmental group called A Plastic Planet. Um, they have, uh, it has been the harmful material has been a popular subject of legislation following obviously Blue Planet um, and they say there's absolutely no logic in wrapping something as fleeting as food in something as indestructible as plastic. Europe's biggest supermarket must follow Echo Plaza's lead and lead and introduce a plastic free aisle at the earliest opportunity to help turn off a plastic tap. And everyone thinks that the UK should do it as well, and I agree, because um, plastic is harmful to everyone, so I think we should definitely take out, um, take the chance to eliminate it where possible. Okay, so the guest for today's episode is Luan, who is a indie singer and has released many records, uh, some of which go into number one in foreign countries. So that's great. Uh, I'm just going to play a snippet of her song now so you can get a taste of what she sounds like. My heart is breaking And the hurt won't disappear She joins me now. Hi. Hi, Amy. So you've had a great career in music, but for those who don't know, could you explain a little bit about you and what you've achieved and sort of your path to where you are now? Yeah, um, I kind of have an interesting background because, you know, a lot of people, when they have singing talent, it's apparent when they're really young. But for me, <laughs> I, I just never showed any signs of being able to uh, follow that, that path successfully. So I went through a lot of ridicule and things when I would talk about it to friends and family. But there was something inside me that knew that was my path. So I kind of, you know, kept it in the back of my mind. And then once I was an adult, I started pursuing ways that I could actually get good at singing. So I, you know, I took classes and 
started doing little gigs here and there and just developed my talent along the way. But, you know, all these years later, I've had a lot of success as an indie recording artist. I've had lots of songs on indie charts in Europe and the U.S., stuff that's mm-hmm. top, you know, that's been number one. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had critical acclaim. I was on the 2009 Grammy ballot with two songs. So... You know, it's just been an amazing journey from, you know, sort of, you know, being the underdog to achieving so much, more than anyone I think ever thought I could. So how come you decided to pursue it so late? Because I know you said that you um, you got sort of a lot of ridicule about it. What made you kind of push past that and think, right, I want to do this? You know, I'm kind of always listening to my inner voice. And I was like that even as a kid, I think. And no matter what uh, adversity I came up against or whatever, it never really silenced the inner voice in me that knew what I was supposed to do with my life. So I guess it was just some natural thing. And I waited until I was old enough to pursue it to where I didn't have to lie, say, on a parent or something for singing lessons, because that would have never happened. (laughs) So I just had to. I just had to grow up and go out on my own and start start following it. You have been quoted as saying, it's a huge challenge to find success in the big leagues as an indie artist, so these honours were quite a validation for all the work I've put into my craft. So what did you mean by sort of big leagues? Well, back in 2008, I was getting ready to record a Christmas album, and a friend of mine, his name is Lawton Giles, and he and his songwriting partner Buster Beam used to write for Patsy Cline, and they wrote oh, wow. five. Yeah, they wrote like five or six songs for her, and one of them was a top ten hit. It was called "Let the Teardrops Fall." Mm-hmm. But apparently, they were her favorite writing team. So she, in 1960, she asked them if they would write her a Christmas song, and they did, and she loved it. And they took it to the label, but the label didn't want to release the holiday tune, so they had Buster and Lawton change the lyrics. And the song became How Can I Face Tomorrow. They recorded it, and it just didn't do very well on the charts. So Lawton told me Patsy was really upset because she had wanted to give her fans a Christmas song. So anyway, he's telling me the story in 2008 and said, would you like to record the song the way it was originally written? And I said, oh, my gosh, yeah, I don't even have wow, to think yeah. So I went in the studio and I recorded it for the album and I just started promoting it. And then every year it was getting more and more known, more and more popular. And then in 2015, Sweden's largest daily newspaper named it among their top 25 Christmas songs of all time. Wow. Yeah, so I was on the list with, you know, big stars like Merle Haggard and Mariah Carey and, you know, a bunch of other people. I I was like the only indie person on the list. So that's kind of what that quote's about, you know, to to have my song be on a list like that with all those people. It was like, I think I made it. <laughs> yeah. So kind of folk and country artists like um, sort of Casey Musgraves and Carrie Underwood talk about sort of small town life in their songs is that the reality for all kind of country singers or do you think it's just a perception of what they think the fans want to hear yeah i think it is kind of um half and half because a lot of country people did grow up 
in very humble environments down in the southern part of the United States. And, you know, it's pretty authentic when they're singing about various things. But then, you know, the other half of it, it just sounds contrived. Like, okay, well, I think we need to sing a song about drinking beer and my truck and all that. And so they, they just make it up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not me. I, I write about what is genuine to me. So I'm not purposely trying to conjure up any specific images to say, oh, this has to be in a country song. Well, that, I think, wraps up my interview. Um, that's all the questions I have. So thank you very much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun, and I, I love the questions. They're really great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, well, you take care. And you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. I want to say a huge thank you to Luanne for partaking in my interview with me. Um, it was great to speak to you. And if you want to, you can go and follow her on her social media. She's at Luanne Hunt Music. And also, if you want to follow me, I'm at Amy Talks Podcast on Twitter. So just search Amy Talks on Facebook and you'll find me. Until next time, bye.